Hi there, the Chill and Prosper podcast is on a little break at the moment, but don't worry. On this episode, I'm repurposing some of my fabulous old calls and answering some of your questions about pricing, including things like, should you charge a premium rate for rush jobs? How to justify a big price increase? When you should speak for free? And lots more. So enjoy this episode about pricing. Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. I'm answering a question that I've heard quite a few times from the women in the Lucky Bee community. Should you charge a premium rate for rush jobs or for last minute requests? And if so, what's the best way to do it and to communicate it to your clients? Now, of course, you probably wanna serve your client's needs as best as you can, but at the same time, you don't wanna create unnecessary stress for yourself or feel like they're taking advantage of you. So, how do you respond to clients who want extra fast turnaround and they want it now at the same price. Well, this is a great opportunity to do one of two things. Either you can practice setting strong boundaries, which I can talk about, or you can potentially create a whole new lucrative offering for your business. Either way, your business, your rules. But let's get into the nitty gritty of how you can deal with it. So when I talk about the rush job clients, I think you know who I mean. These are the ones who tell you that, I know you've got a 10 day turnaround on graphic design, but can you please do this by like tomorrow because I need it? Or they want a same day coaching appointment because they really need you. Uh, or maybe you make something handmade like baby blankets and someone's like, oh, well, I know it takes you four weeks, but uh, I'm going to a baby shower this weekend. So can you please just like sort that out for me? Thanks. So how do you deal with these kind of requests in a classy way that's a win-win? Because trust me, this is totally gonna happen in your business if it hasn't already. And the good news is that you can turn it into a win for both you and your clients if you deal with it properly. So here are a few things to consider before you respond. So first up, check your schedule. Like, do you really have the capacity for their job? You know, start by checking your calendar to see whether you can realistically say yes. If you're already booked solid and that's with client work or personal stuff, then the answer's easy and you can just say, sorry, can't do it. No matter how much they're going to pay, it's not really worth jeopardizing your existing client deadlines or your work quality. And the last thing you want to do is to create unnecessary stress for yourself. So just be honest whether or not you can actually meet their deadline before you commit. <laughs> and then think about your work style. Like does rush work even fit into your personality type? Not everybody enjoys doing rush jobs, but for some people, intense deadline pressure can be awesome, or it can turn an otherwise fun project into a massive stress out session. So if you know that you prefer to take your time or you need plenty of space between clients, it's totally okay just to say no. Even if the client in question feels like they're desperate and they can't find anyone else to help them just say no. Because you know that quote, failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. And if you struggle with boundaries, you might want to print that out and stick it somewhere just to remind you that it's okay to say no. 
But if you love the adrenaline of a fast approaching deadline, then you can totally make rush jobs a part of your business. But you have to charge your clients accordingly, which brings me to pricing. You have to choose a rate that feels good for you. So what would feel a fair exchange for you know, compromising your normal turnaround times? If you say yes, what kind of payment would feel good to you? So some entrepreneurs tack on like an extra percentage, maybe it's 10 to 50% of their standard rate for rush work. Or maybe you have one price for standard and one price for like turn fast turnaround VIP service. Either way, it's totally okay and you actually should charge your clients extra for that instant gratification. Now, case in point, I used to see a health practitioner and she was always booked out months in advance and it really frustrated me. And I said to her, you know what? I would pay a premium to be able to see you sooner. You know, I would pay extra and she's like, no one would pay that. And I was like, ah, oh, I just told you that I would pay extra. Please take my money so I can see you more regularly. Now you might think charging a premium rate would feel scary, but it's standard in almost every industry. The key is to identify a number that feels good for you and your clients. And if you're not sure what that rate would be, you've got to check out my free pricing workshop at the end of this video because I've got some scripts for you. But first, here are my four tips for stress-free responses to rush job requests. So you want to ensure that your clients don't freak out when you tell them they'll need a fast you know, premium service. So here's how to make the potentially awkward conversation go a little bit more smoothly. First of all, get organized now. You're more likely to regret this decision that you make under pressure. So start thinking about now, even if you want to do it. Don't wait until someone asks you for a rush job. You can get organized, maybe set up some systems that you need to maybe make sure you get all the information that you needed for a job ahead of time or to open up your schedule for it. That way you're not going to stress out if you kind of anticipate that you're going you're to do it. Secondly, get your legal ducks in a row. You need to get really crystal clear on your contracts and your terms and conditions for your business and make sure you include that in your standard and your rush job turnaround times and make it crystal clear what the prices are and specify exactly what's included and what's not included in each of those services as well. That way you're gonna set clear expectations and it's gonna minimize the chance of scope creep in that kind of stressful moment. Tip number three, this is a good one. Just reframe that rush job into a premium service and don't make them wrong for wanting quick results. So, you know, you might think rush jobs they're just a really great way for people who are instant gratification or maybe people who have more time than money. So instead of like berating your clients about being disorganized, reframe it instead of a penalty fee, reframe it as a VIP rate or a chance for them to skip the queue or some sort of premium service. And if you work in an industry where rush jobs are considered the norm, just block out times in your schedule in advance so you know and it's gonna come. Tip number four. Get payment upfront for those quick ones. Because I've heard of clients, um, people in the Money Bootcamp, who've pulled out all the stops and then they didn't get paid. And one perfect example, a client wanted rush job with a resume and then he didn't submit it on time. So he missed the deadline and then he didn't want to pay, even though the resume writer had basically shifted time and space and stayed up all night to get it done. And then he didn't want to pay. So get it upfront. And lastly, your business, your rules. It's totally up to you if you want to add a rush job to your services or not. Whatever you, whatever you charge, just be intentional about it and don't be afraid to charge a premium rate. So as you might know, I talk a lot about pricing for entrepreneurs, about increasing your prices regularly, about making sure that you charge a premium price 
for what you do, etc., etc. And I get a few people asking me, like, Denise, is it realistic just to keep on increasing your prices? Because surely at some point it just becomes unrealistic or it's too much for people or you just can't keep on going forever. So I was thinking about that during Pilates and I've got a couple of tips for you if you do want to increase your prices. So let's get right into it. Okay, so the biggest point, if you want to increase your prices regularly, is that you really have to tie what you do to helping other people make money or have their business make more money, get more clients. Now, this isn't as tricky as you think. You don't have to be a business coach. You don't have to teach money stuff like I do to um, tie what you do to helping people improve their business. So let me give you a couple of examples. So um, I see a kinesiologist regularly. I sometimes go see a tarot reader regularly. You know, all sorts of different services. And they help me get more clients and make more money in my business. Now, there are a lot of kinesiologists and tarot readers who don't claim that. But these girls are being very, very smart and they target entrepreneurs because they know that what they do can actually create some value for them. So my kinesiologist, I go and see her to help me overcome business blocks or when I've hit an income plateau or you know when other issues have come up in my business that affect my ability to make money. I go see her, she helps me clear those blocks. I'm totally happy to pay her money. If her prices increase, totally happy to pay that as well. My tarot reader, now this is kind of an interesting one because what I do with her, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but sometimes I just want to help um, you know, use someone else's intuition to see if I'm making good business decisions. I don't live and die by her advice, but sometimes I ask her, you know, when should I launch this product or program or what's going on with this particular business issue? And so again, she can charge a premium price, probably way more than other tarot readers can charge. So that is the first tip is figure out how your product or service can help other people in business um, make more money and get more clients. Simple as that. The second thing is you really have to clearly show the value. So say, for example, you help um, somebody with their website, you know, and you help them make their website better. Well, how many new clients does that person need to bring in to pay for your services? It's really good to know that. Is it, you know, and check out what they do. Say, for example, um, you're a website designer and you're doing a website for a coach and you know they charge $100. Okay, well, if you're charging $1,000 for the new website, well then they only have to get 10 new clients to completely break even on your price. So think about it in terms of that because that's really valuable information that you can put on your sales page as well. The third thing is really important too is that if you um, are constantly investing in yourself and you're getting better and better at what you do and you're saving your clients time and money so they don't have to do the course, they don't have to read the book, they don't have to go and figure it out themselves, well, that's extremely valuable as well. It's saving them lots of time and time in business is money. So if you can, you know, satisfy those three requirements that, you know, you can link it to money, you can clearly show the value and you know for them what their return on investment is going to be. And if you can help them do it quicker, faster, better, cheaper, whatever, well then, yes, I think you can increase your prices quite regularly and you really should. So I hope that's answered your question. If you want to do my free pricing course, there is a link down below as well. It's uh, just luckybitch.com slash pricing. And it will give you some tips and tricks on how you can um, start to charge premium pricing and, and actually how you can increase your prices this month so you can make a lot more money. 
Hey, my name is Kate Butler Ross, and I'm a writer and a content coach from London. And I have a couple of small kids, three and seven, Eddie and Alana. And um, yeah, I joined Bootcamp back in January 2020. I'd read all of Denise's books, loved her work. And um, I've been in business for a couple of years and I'd had some success, but I had some major issues around, um, you know, money blocks around starving artists. You know, writers can't make money. You can't be a successful writer and make money. Creatives are poor, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I joined Bootcamp for that reason because I knew I had to break through that. And actually, I ran through Bootcamp for the first time. And within a few days, um, I had my first, not quite five figure month, but very, very close. And that was. I cannot tell you that was an enormous that was huge for me and then um so I was on a real high and then of course COVID hit and homeschooling no time to work no childcare. life was stressful and so I suddenly realized I had to shift to this kind of passive or semi-passive income model and I tell you what what came up for me was that I you know it was wrong to make money without working hard and working in boot camp and being surrounded by these incredible women made me realize that I can do that and I do deserve that and so now um, I've spent the last few months building my business and turning it into semi-passive income and focusing on the things that I love and, and passionate about and I would never have done that without boot camp and the support I get there join 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 it's amazing How often do you increase your prices? And when is the last time that you actually even announced an increase? If you are anything like the average entrepreneur, the answer is probably never or not for ages. And in fact, most women I know are just totally undercharging in the first place. And that is a recipe for burnout and can even affect your positioning in the marketplace and how clients perceive you. Increasing your pricing is something that you need to do regularly as a business owner. And honestly, it doesn't need to be scary. So today we're gonna talk about how you can justify it to yourself and to your clients without feeling bad or like a greedy bitch. So be honest with me. When you think about increasing your prices, do you feel guilty or kind of stressed about it? If you do, that's actually really common. The truth is that pricing is one of those things that feels really emotional for women. It can feel really tough to set your own prices, which is why so many women try and crowdsource their pricing or they just want somebody else just to tell them what to charge. So think about it, when you are in a job, the company sets the prices, but now you are the boss. So you have to look after it and you have to set it, which feels like a bummer, but it doesn't have to be. Now, when I was working for a a consulting firm back in London, I was charged out to clients at a certain rate. And as I got more experience and as I did more training, they increased my charge out rate. And the company had no money blocks about increasing that because my experience was getting better. But when I started working for myself, What I did is I looked around at what everyone was charging and charged less than that. And then every time I increased my prices, even just a little bit, I felt panicked that I would never get another client. And this is what women do. They look around at what everyone else is charging and they either average it out or they undercharge their competitors. And that is a huge mistake, by the way. But don't worry, I've got a resource to help you get over that particular pricing block. But if you're in the same boat right now and the thought of increasing your prices makes you feel sick, I've got three things that I want you to consider to help you justify it and feel better about it. And that first one is experience. So this happens everywhere. 
Think about hair salons. Sometimes you charge a different rate depending if you see a junior or a senior stylist. So you, cho you choose, right? If you want the best, you go for the senior stylist, but it's only fair that the apprentice or the people you know, starting out don't charge as much. So remember, there's a price point for every market and every budget. And that is true in business as well. So if you get better results for your clients, you can totally justify higher prices. And if you've got a lot of experience and you're confident about the results you can get, or you save them time or money with your expertise, then guess what? You deserve to charge accordingly and increase your rates as your experience gets better. Because your experience and your knowledge, it didn't come for free, right? You know, if you've just gone into a new business, sometimes you might discount your experience in other areas and think it's irrelevant, which is a mistake, right? Because all of your experience counts if it helps your clients get results, even if it's a different industry. And it's easy to forget that when you learnt that, it costs you time and money as well. Your investment in yourself helps your clients save money. They're borrowing your years of training so they don't have to learn themselves through trial and error or get a bad result. They are paying you to shortcut their success and get a good result. So remember to factor that, that into your pricing. Your experience equals the right to charge more for what you offer and to increase your prices. Now let's talk about the second thing, demand. Are you so much in demand that you're booked for weeks or maybe months in advance? Well, it's time for a price increase because you can totally justify it, especially if you're like back to back to back and there's no time to pee or have a cup of tea. I've been there. I used to get up at 5 a.m. to see my international clients and then I'd have clients all day with no buffer to eat or to go to the bathroom. Things like that is not sustainable, but it's also a sign that you're really popular and you probably could justify a price increase, you know, and the demand wouldn't even drop off that much. Trust me on this. I know you don't believe me, but I'm not going to lie. Not everyone's going to stay a customer with you, but every time you increase your prices, yes, you will lose some clients and that's okay. But most people will be totally fine with it. You know, I bet that even if you doubled your rate, even if you lost half your client base, you'd still be making the same amount of money, working half as much, and some people would pay you double what you charge now. Trust me. But if that scares you, your business could easily justify a 10 to 20% increase without you know, anyone being annoyed about it. And I bet your clients would be happy for a VIP rate to get to you straight away. So consider putting that stuff in as well. But the principle around this is if you're booked out, you can totally justify increasing your prices because you're probably getting amazing results for your clients and the word is spreading. Now let's talk about the third factor, and this is your awesomeness factor. <laughs> Are you just really, 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 really good at what you do? Well, guess what? You can charge an awesome price for it. If you get amazing results for your clients and they're raving about you, you can totally justify charging a price that reflects those awesome results. Because if you're good at what you do, you can help save your clients a lot of money or time or feel amazing at what they do. And by the way, this is not just for business coaches. Almost every industry helps people improve their lives in a way that can translate into time or money. Now, the thought of it might be feeling a bit icky and you're like, but Denise, what about the people who really need me but can't afford me anymore? And you're feeling really bad about it. Totally common, but honestly, this is the biggest reason why women resist raising their prices or resist charging premium rates because it doesn't feel fair. And most of us were taught at a really young age to be inclusive and be friendly and fair. But here's the good news. When you're on earning like really awesome money for being awesome at what you do, it frees up your time and creativity then you're gonna have some mental space and physical time to create products that are more accessible for those people who can't afford your higher end services. 
Perfect example, you could write a book. You know, you could take your message out to potentially millions of people in a really low cost way. And honestly, writing a book takes a lot of time, unpaid time and effort. But if you're completely booked out and you're burnt out because you're undercharging, you're never gonna have time to do something like that. You know, or maybe when you have some headspace, you can put the methodology that you teach your one-to-one -one clients into a course. For example, like my Lucky Bitch Money Bootcamp, then you can impact a lot more people. Or maybe you can even just free up some time to do some pro bono work, you know, some free stuff that's funded by the amazing income that you're making. You're just looking for a win, win, win. It's not all about just charging expensive prices then you can never help people again. You wanna help people and make money at the same time. So there are my three tips on how you can justify a big price increase in your business. Take notice of these three factors in your life and figure out where you should be pitching your prices because chances are you are ready to increase them today. Should you charge more for in-person work? Now, I think this is a really great question. So let's get straight into it. So when I started my life coaching business, like a lot of people in a service industry, I did all of my sessions face-to-face. -face. So we would meet in a coffee shop usually. And honestly, I kind of got a bit over it because I realized the limitations of in-person work as just your general base level service. So for example, I kind of forgot to think about the time involved in it of driving somewhere, putting on, sorry, before I even drove there, I obviously had to put on makeup, do my hair, put on a bra, you know how much I love that, drive somewhere, pay for parking, meet somewhere in a coffee shop, pay for coffee. And then I found that I was really tricky with boundary. So instead of doing an hour, I would do two hours because I'm sitting in, in front of somebody and I found it really difficult to cut off our sessions. So when I moved to Skype work and I started offering that, first of all, I was stoked because I opened up my market to the whole world. Suddenly I could coach anyone, anywhere, and I could coach a lot more people in a day instead of, you know, one or two or three. But I remember at the time a client asked me, oh, so are your, are your sessions discounted for Skype? And like a lot of new entrepreneurs and newish entrepreneurs, I wasn't very confident in my pricing. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I am such a bitch for wanting to charge the same for in-person work as I am for my Skype coaching. I should discount them. Luckily, I didn't because I really realized that people were paying for the result. They still got the same amount of result from me from our sessions, but suddenly there are a lot of other benefits as well. So one, I think for clients, not having to sit and look at someone you know, in their eyes was actually a lot less pressure for them. Obviously, I could open up my market to everyone, but also the thing about boundaries in that, you know, I could really keep my sessions to an hour. You might think, well, that's good for you, not so good for your clients who are getting two-hour sessions before. But the truth is when you have really good boundaries with your clients, they actually achieve better results. And it's because I was much clearer and I was holding them much more to account. So we got a lot more done in our sessions. So when I realized that, that there were benefits for both sides, I actually said, no, I'm, I'm not discounting my coaching um, you know, for Skype sessions. However, if you would like to meet one-on-one -on -one with me, that is my premium VIP service and you can book it in you know, at X rate. And I think that's really the way to go about it. First of all, to shift your mindset that people are paying 
to sit down with you or they're paying for just that human personal interaction. They're really not. They're paying for the result that you can give them, not necessarily the method in how you deliver that. And then secondly, to realize that if people want to work with you a little bit further or they want to have a premium experience with you or they want to have a lunch or a longer term kind of thing with you, then that is a premium service. You can put those awesome things in together where you can say, hey, we'll go somewhere really nice and we'll have a really great lunch with it. And, you know, you can have X, Y, Z, you can have a lot more time. And that is a VIP service. So I hope that answers your question. It's a really short and sweet one, but I just want you to think about where in your business that you think you're kind of discounting your own results because you think the method is more important than the results. And if that is the case for you, I want you just to think, you know, I am enough. I am enough. And people are paying for the result with you. And that is totally enough. And that is totally awesome. That's all you need. Now, if you do need help on some of these awkward conversations, maybe a client's asked for a discount or maybe someone's asked for you to extend your early bird offer, it's all part of these kind of boundary conversations that we need to have with clients. And I've got a free ebook for you as well. And it outlines kind of 30 to 40 different awkward conversations that you're probably going to face in your first couple of years of business. Um, and you can get that at luckybitch.com slash awkward awkward or if you're reading this on my blog then there's just a link in the transcripts but it will give you some really great word for word scripts on how to deal with some of those awkward conversations and honestly the more you have them the less awkward they're going to be and then the bad news is there's always going to be a new awkward conversation <laughs> to have so I hope that's helpful for you today remember believe in the power of the results of working with you and your worth Today we're talking about if you should speak at other people's events for free. Now this is something that I get asked a lot, not just from people asking about what they should do, but people ask me to speak at their events for free all the time. And I've put together a really easy process for you to decide if it's worth it or not to speak for free. Okay, so I'm not joking when I say I get asked to speak for free a lot and not just at local events, you know, in my hometown. People often ask me to speak at their events in completely different countries, like literally all across the other side of the planet. And we've often gone back to them and said, great, you know, what's your budget? And they go, oh, we just thought you'd like to come and speak at our event. And I'm like, great, 18 hours on a plane. That would be fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, it's not just one of those things that you have to just say yes or no to. I think it's really useful to look at a few different options and then make a powerful decision if that's going to be worth it for you. Now, the first thing to do is to really look at your real costs for speaking at something like that. Now, back when I didn't have kids and back when I wasn't making a huge amount in my business, the only cost that I really thought about was the travel cost. And so I thought, hey, if they pay for my flight, I'm there, you know, and then not realizing that there are a lot of other costs involved. So for example, obvious one is travel and accommodation. So there's been a few times again that I've paid for my own accommodation or I've said, oh, okay, just pay for travel and accommodation, no problem. Again, not realizing that there are other costs. So when you're asked to speak, it's okay to have a look and just say, well, look, this is what it costs me to speak at that event and be very clear on that. So now that I have a child, I do have to factor in 
childcare costs into that because we have a nanny and you know that does cost money there are other considerations as well that I never thought about things like parking or petrol food you know just those those incidentals like you get a bottle of water when you're at the airport um, maybe it's things like nails and hair like if I'm speaking at an event I'm not going to turn up like <laughs> like I've just rolled out of bed I always get my nails done I always get my hair done sometimes I get pro makeup done depending on how amazing the event is sometimes you might get a new outfit or you might get your outfit dry cleaned or something like that that all costs money not to mention your time so time away from your family your downtime it might cut into your weekends that that's the only time you spend with your family or that's the only time you get to relax and then you've got to think of the opportunity cost as well so again now that I have a child I don't have that much time at my desk and so going to speak at somebody else's event cuts into the time that I can work on my own business so once you have a really realistic idea of how much that costs for you to be at an event that's really going to help you decide whether or not it's worth speaking for free at somebody's event. Now, let's talk about other things to think about. Now, one is who is the audience? Now, I used to get asked to speak at the most random freaking things ever. I remember going to speak at a government away day. And this was a mix of men and women. They were kind of maybe in their 40s, 50s. And these were all people who worked in government jobs. And here's me, Denise, turning up. And I didn't speak for free, but it was very low cost. You know, turning up in my blue outfit and talking about manifesting. And it was just the wrong fit for them and for me. And I think they enjoyed it, but it was kind of like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and I've spoken at universities and I've spoken at so many different random places. So again, you can make a powerful choice here if it's worth speaking for free at an event, if it's your perfect target market and you're allowed to speak about what you do and your products and services. So, you know, think about who do you want to speak in front of and how many people are going to be there. So it might not be worth it for you to speak to a room of 20 people, but it might be worth it for you to speak to a room of a thousand people. And that, that might be totally worth it and you can make that decision. Um, the next thing is what's in it for you and be really, really clear on that because a lot of event organizers, if they're asking people to speak for free, they think that the exposure is enough. They say, well, you can expose your business to X amount of people. And my response to that is, you know what? I can expose myself for free anytime I like. And we can now, you can, expo you can expose yourself metaphorically on Periscope or Facebook Insights or on your blog and you can actually reach a lot more people without leaving your house. Like for example, do I have pants on today? You're never going to know because I'm in the comfort of my own house. I didn't have to get on a plane to come and speak to you. I didn't have to put on a bra, although I am wearing one today, to come and speak to you. So remember there is that kind of bra tax thing of like, you know what, if I'm going to get up and speak to an audience there has to be something in it for me because you can expose yourself for free so what would be valid reasons to speak for free at an event well maybe it's just you just want to do it for fun and credibility you know it's something that you think there's going to be a lot of people there that you know and you think hey it's just going to be fun to speak at that event because everyone's going anyway maybe it is an event that you're going to anyway as a participant and you think hey why not I'll speak for free there because I'm already going it's no big deal 
Maybe it's for credibility reasons and it's just too good an opportunity to pass up. So for example, you know, that I've heard people go, oh, Oprah asked me to perform at her event for free and I'm not going to do it. I would totally speak at an Oprah event for free. <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> I'm ready. I'll get on a plane. I'll put on a bra. I'll put on pants. Um, I will be there. So again, that is, that is a powerful choice that you can make in that moment. You know, is it something that you want to go to? And then the last thing to say is, don't discount asking to be paid for it. You know, obviously this video is about if you should speak for free. We're not talking about getting paid for it. That's a whole different video and we can do that. But, you know, it's just a powerful decision that you can make. You can say yes, you can say no, you can say not now, maybe ask me again next year. You can say, hey, yeah, I'll come, but you have to pay me for it. All of those things are totally up to you. Now, I actually have a free ebook that you might like because it is full of some of those awkward conversations that we have to have in business. And this is just one of them about being asked to speak for free. Uh, there are, I think, 30 plus different scripts in that ebook. Things about what you should say to clients who want a discount, what you should say to clients who turn up late for sessions, all that kind of stuff. It's just those awkward conversations that are just rites of passage to have in business. So if you would like a copy of this free ebook, just go to luckybitch.com slash awkward um, or there is a link below if you are reading the transcript. Download it now. There's some really, you know, kind of easy, juicy, simple scripts for you to use for when people ask you to do things that you might not want to do. I'd love to hear from you in the comments below as well. Have you been asked to speak for free? What did you say? Did you make a powerful decision? Yes, no, or, or otherwise. So have yourself a lucky day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.